All right. I am live on the air. Let me do this. And I give people a few minutes before I start. Let me know if the stream is pausing in and out. I'll be looking back and forth. Okay, the output is getting stronger. Good, good. All right. Uh, I give people a minute to before I start. How much more pages left to this? Let's see how fast I go through this last section of this chapter. Um, as y'all know, I was listening in to the other stream, and it seems to me that the people have spoken and terminated the good old person O's channel. That's that's crazy. In regards to what we call freedom of speech, I was gonna jump on, but I didn't get a chance. But to see it now be terminated, I'm not sure how many other outlets the good old have, but I think he should be fine uh, because you know he's a smart man, so he he plans ahead of times for this. And I'm not sure how long it took him to build up that platform, but. And it's funny, it's now going on four years since he started, and he grew a very large following. So if people, and I and I know for a fact it's the women that's doing this. I'm I'm convinced the women are doing this. Hmm. All right. Hmm. All right. So, let's no further ado. Let's let's go into the subject matter of section um chapter two, section two, the continuum of this particular chapter. And to those that are here listening first time, welcome again to Chaos Ring Channel comment subscribe and like the video like always and you know share this information this will help somebody hope you will learn and grow from this but let us begin gold never went away it is generally believed that President Nixon closed the gold window on August 15 1971 and the United States has been off the gold standard ever since and we are approaching now 48 years in 
two and a half months when the gold standard was taken off reserves. And the United States has been off the gold standard ever since. And two generations of students have since been rigorously conditioned by policymakers and professionals to believe that gold has no role in the international monetary system. And the truth is gold has never gone away. The power elites stopped talking about it and publicized arrogance it, yet they held on to it. If gold is so worthless, why does the United States have more than 8,000 tons? Why do Germany and the IMF keep approximately their thousands of tons each? Why is China acquiring thousands of tons through stealth and Russian acquire more than 100 tons a year? Why is this such a scramble for gold if it has no role in the system? Hmm. That's a very excellent question. And no one has really clarified. But as we read on, we'll know. And before I continue... One second. Let me get this. I can't tell how clear. <coughs> clear. Let me do this. to set up something up. Should have done this earlier, but I'm uh, and make sure if people are listening, tell me how the sound quality is. Leave a comment in the chat room as I hook this up. Alright. Let's see if this will come on. That's not it. Give me a second, guys. I'm trying to install one more thing for this device. All right, good. Okay, I should be on. Let me see if my sound's good. All right, good. Let's continue. It's highly conventional for central bankers to convince people that money is unconnected the goal because that empowers them to print all the money they want everyone from De Ben Bernicke and Alan Greenspan and other have disparaged gold saying it plays no part in the system along with the power to control money comes the power to control behavior and politics still gold is foundation the real underprinting of the international monetary system. Gold and the international monetary system. It's the next section. Gold is making its comeback in the world monetary system. When you look at what actually is going on in the world, as opposed to the happy talk 
you hear on television, it is clear that the world is already on a shadow gold standard and is moving back to a more formal gold standard. Threatening gold is money, or treating gold as money. We're seeing signs of this already. It is not just a possibility for the distant features. The evidence that gold is moving back towards the system centers is clear and is happening for a number of reasons. The International Monetary Fund, the IMF, is the third largest gold holder in the world. Number one is the United States. Number two is Germany. And number three is the IMF. It is likely that China is actually the second largest gold holder, although its true holding are not publicly disclosed and is difficult to confirm. The IMF plays a pivotal role in the global monetary system with a far more power and influence than one might assume based on the tectonic um, bureaucracy or in other words, technocrat and bureaucracy demeanor. The IMF likes to posture and it's being friends to small emerged countries. In reality, it more like a large rapecusco rape corruption, or what they call rape, rape, rape conscious corruption. That makes a donation to charity every now and then and just shows how generous it is. The IMF was created at the Brentwood Conference in 1944. It took a few years to get up and running in the late 1940s and early 1950s. It is stated it is started as a swing lender for wealthy countries experiencing short-term balance of payment deficit. Now mind you, during that same year, World War II ended the, the next year. So it's ironic how the IMF was created one year before the end of World War II, where America now is the top of the currency market of the world. But let's go delve even further. Consider a country running a balance of payments deficit year after year. One of the ways to fix deficit would to be cheapening its currency to make exports more competitive. But cheapening the currency wasn't allowed under the Brenton Woods fixed exchange rate. Instead, the IMF would provide a loan to tide you over while you made structural reforms to your economy. Such reforms would attempt to lower units and labor costs, improve productivity, or improve the investment. Climate, whatever was necessary to get the current accounts back towards a surplus. Once the capital accounts was in the surplus, the swing loan of the, from the IMF could be repaid. In extreme cases, the IMF allows devaluation, but only after all other monetary and structural solutions have been exhausted. The swing lender system broke down in the late 1960s and early 1970s when the United Kingdom steeply devalued sterling against the dollar and the United States suspended gold convertibilities. The fixed exchange rate system died soon. Afterwards, since then, we had floating exchange rates. After the 1980, the IMF wandered in the wilderness for almost 20 years with an uncertain mission. In the 1980s to early 1990s, it acts as a lender to emerging markets. Because its original mission of stabilizing exchange rates under 
Brenton Woods was gone. The IMF reputation suffers badly in the 1997-1998 Asian financial crisis. There was blood in the streets, and not methodically. People were killing in riots in Jakarta, Indonesia, Solo, South Korea. Many people to the day's most famously Nobel Peace Prize winner, Joe Steglitz, or Streglitz, Archbutes, his financial crisis to bad advice from the IMF. By 2000, the IMF was like a whale that had washed up over the shores and couldn't get back to the mission in the sea. No one quite knew what they were doing and how they should be doing it. By 2006, there was public calls to abolish the IMF. Then a funny thing happened on the way to the IMF demise. We had a global financial crisis in 2008. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. See that? They wanted the IMF to be gone 13 years ago. And then two years later, the crisis happened here in America. Ain't that funny? Our times just catch up and then things fit. And let me, before I continue, I want people to understand this. Everything doesn't happen by coincidence. Everything is structured by design. It's like a chess move. You make a move here, I make a great move here. So what, because I am does control the financial markets of pretty much the globe, same as the Federal Reserve Banks. They see the people are starting to catch winner of the money system and how it's unfair. So they're going to want to remove because it's making more, I guess, poorer nations. But let's keep going. And suddenly the IMF was back in the game. It became de facto um, secretaries of the G20 club of the most powerful developed and emerging market countries. The G20 acts as a kind of board of directors with the IMF as the staff and the agencies to implement the will of the board. The IMF has its own governor board Yet, interestingly, if you look at the membership of by the countries, there's a lot of ownership with the G20 membership and the G20 members countries and the 24 member countries of the IMF executive committees are by the large and the states. The G20 was a group of heads of state that didn't have a staff while the IMF has a ready-made staff since 2009. The G20 summit has worked hand in glove with IMF technical capabilities, staff, and analysis, new lender facilities have become highly publicized as seen in Ukraine and Greece. The fact is the IMF has always been rich, a rich country club. The IMF voting mechanism requires an 85% vote to make any significant change, such as change in the articles, the IMF governed documents, or the approved a major lending initiative and the United States has over 16% of the votes which means that it all the other members combined vote against the United States it still wouldn't be enough to overcome US objections none of this is by coincidence of course the United States has always been the largest voice in the IMF and the IMF 
headquarters building in Washington, D.C. One of the biggest government issues of the international uh, financial world now involves changing these votes arrangements. If you approve the issue in terms of how much year the GDP is as a percentage, the world GDP and compares that with your IMF votes, rich countries are overweight and emerging markets are underweight. Mm, unbalanced there. China is a good example. China accounts for about 14% of the global GDP, yet in the vote in the IMF until recent was less than 5%. Legislation to give China a large voice was passed by U.S. Congress in 2015. Recognition of China's rightful place in the IMF hierarchy is a quite pro quo by the United States in exchange for China's goods behaviors in the battle over currency manipulation against the U.S. dollar. Now the IMF is back to its original mission of lending to rich countries, mostly bailing our European, where the overwhelming majority of the money is directed. The bulk of the IMF money is not going to power or poor countries like Botswana, Mali, or Jamaica. <laughs> You're right about that. They're not going to those countries and not giving no money to them. That's for sure. It's going to Poland, Greece, Portugal, Ireland, and for political reasons, Ukraine. This new lending spree requires new sources of funding for the IMF itself. If you're going to lend money, where do you get the money to lend? Banks can make or take deposits and pledges assets to central banks or create money out of thin air. The IMF does not have a stellar window where you can make deposits. Still, it does borrow the money. It issues more interesting. These notes are not dominant in dollars. They are dominant in special draw rights, SDR, worth about $1.38 each as of this writing, although the SDR values fluctuate with the markets. And let me stop right there. Let me do one thing. Excuse me, people. I have to do this. <laughs> All right. I hope my thing loads up. There we go. <laughs> I'm just going to send it where. And I'm going to continue on. Um, I'm trying to. Right, let me see if this will open up. Just gonna give it a second. Let me do that again. Ah, wonderful. Okay. I'm just gonna Okay. Sorry about that, I have to send this out. So I'll send it. 
message. And let us con right, let's continue. Okay, what is a SDR? Well, it would, or well, it's world money, but not the kind you carry around in your pocket. You can't go to the ATM and withdraw a bundle of SDRs. Still, the SDRs are money, and they play an increasingly important role in global finance. As the dollar power declines, there's actually a trading desk inside the IMF that can swap the SDRs for other hard currency. Here's a sample ex example of how that works. In 2009, the IMF issued 182.7 billion SDR equivalents to boost the 255 billion at current exchange rates. And the way it's issued them is a accordance with a quota, which is simply the word it's used for a country share. If I have a 5% quota at IMF and the IMF is issuing 100 billion SDRs, then I'm going to get 5 billion SDRs or 5% of that total issue. Many IMF members had quotas yet didn't need the SDRs and won other hard currencies instead. Now, Hungary is a good example. Going back to the early 2000s, Hungarian banks offer customers mortgages in two currencies. They could take a loan in local currencies, which is the forfeit, or they could take the loan in Swiss, France, provided by European banks in Venia, Zurich, and could find the loan. Switch France, or Switch Frankets mortgage were about 2% and forfeited mortgages were about 9%. So most of the borrowers took switch francs mortgage, assumed the exchange rate would remain fixed, but it didn't. The forfeit collapsed and suddenly the mortgage debt relevant to the bar local income increased dramatically or dramatically. Defaulting skyrocket. If you're hungry, and the IMF gives you a SDR, your reaction is that you really need Swiss francs so your central banks can help the local banks repay the interbank's loan. Now you call the IMF trading desk and say, offers me dollars for my SDRs. The IMF de desk will call China and say, do you have a bid for SDRs? China said, yes, we do. China will send dollars to the IMF and get SDRs in return. Well, Hungary will get the dollars, sell them to buy Swiss francs, and then use the francs to help their banks. That's the way to turn your SDRs into another hard currency if you need it. The IMF doesn't issue SDRs except in liquid crisis. The next time there is a global liquid or or liquidity crisis, it will be bigger than the capacity of the Federal Reserve and other central banks to contain. The Fed has used up its balance sheet using up to dry powder. If you will deal with the last crisis, it has 
nor been able to unwind the balance sheet and is unlikely it will for a decade. The same is true of the other central banks. They have no further capacity to print money without destroying confidence. They might have the legal capacity to print more, yet they are at a limit in what they can credibly do. In such a new liquidity crisis, the world would turn to the IMF and be relinquished by the issuance of SDRs. The pro this, that process may work without impinging on confidence because so few understand it. The massive SDR issuing will be highly inflammatory in dollar terms. Still, politicians in Washington will simply point the finger at the IMF as a unaccountable agency. Let me drink some water. One effects of a massive SDR issue will be to hinder capital formation by destroying the real value of dollar dominating assets. The only shelter in the storm will be hard assets, including gold. As true, individuals, investors are positioning their portfolios that way today, and so are majority powers such as Russia and China. What if people lose confidence in the IMF? And SDRs solution who bailed out the IMF right now there isn't anyone turning to the IMF is not kicking the can down the road it's more like kicking the can upstairs from private debts to sovereign debts to multilateral debts issued by the IMF the IMF is the penthouse you can kick the can any higher and the IMF source of strength is there is 3,000 tons of gold and gold held by the IMF members in the United States and Europe. This is why I keep returning to the subject of gold and why I calculate gold to money ratio and gold to GDP ratio and develop dollar prices projection of 10 grand per ounce or higher. If confidence in national paper money is lost and you try to bail out the system with a different kind of flat money specifically the SDRs what good does that do if it works at all it will only be for two reasons one almost no one understands it and two we won't have SDRs in our pockets SDRs will be used by four and between countries not by individuals SDRs won't be transparent they will exist and be highly inflammatory it printed in sufficient quantities. Still, no one will actually see them because they are the most technical and abstract form of money ever created. Really. Mm, interesting. If the SDR works, it will be in part because so few people understand them. Still, it, if people do understand, they are likely to lose confidence in this scenario. The only recourse is gold. Shadow gold standard. Countries around the world are required gold at a accelerating rate in order to diversify their reserves positions. Thus, ten combined with the huge reserve held by the United States and the eurozone and the IMF accounts to a shadow gold standard. 
The best way to evaluate the shadow gold standard amongst various countries is to use the ratio of gold to the gross domestic product, GDP. The gold to GDP ratio can easily be calculated using official finger figures and compared across countries to see where the real gold power resides. The big winners in the real center a gold power in the in the world are the 19 nations that make up the Eurozone and issue the Euro. Their goal as a percentage of GDP is over 4%. The United States ratio is about 1.7%. Interestingly, Russia's ratio is about 2.7%. Russia has more than one-eighth of the amount of gold than the United States its economy. It's only one-eighth of the size of the U.S. economy. So the ratio is higher. R Russia is one of those nations that are acquiring more gold. And it seems set on matching the Eurozone, Japan, Canada, and the United Kingdom. It's majority economic, yet their gold ratio are as mic, as less than 1%. The most interesting case is China. The official gold reserve of China are reported as of July 2015 at 1,658 tons. Yet we know from various reliable sources including mining produ production and import statistics that their actual gold stock is closer to 4,000 tons. I spoke to refineries and secure log logistics firms, people who actually handle physical gold. In addition to official source and including their information in my estimate one of the whole there is enough credible information available to support the estimate at a minimum it is also entirely possible that China was considerable more than 4,000 tons of gold China like Russia is acquiring gold so that it would have a comparable ratio to the United States and Europe the gold to GDP ratio will be critical when the monetary system collapse because it will form the basis of a monetary reset and a new rule of the game. In any monetary reset, countries will come together. As I have described and sit around the tables, one can think of that meaning as a poker game. When you sit down at a poker table, you want a big pile of chips. Gold functions like a pile of pocket or poker chips in the context. It doesn't mean that the world automatically goes to a gold standard. It doesn't mean that one voice at the table is going to be a function of the size of the one gold hoard. There are only about 35 tons of official gold in the world. The phrase official gold means gold owned by central banks, financial ministers, sovereign wealth funds that does not include gold jewelry, gold held and private boards. China acquires more than 3,000 tons of gold in the past seven years, representing almost 10% of all the official gold in the world. A huge shift in gold reserves in China favored this buying program. Explain China's non-transparency and the gold market is liquidated, but thinly traded. If China's intentions and actions were fully disclosed, the gold price would likely be much higher. 
This is always true when a huge buyer shows up in a thin market. China wants to keep the gold price as low as possible until it completes its acquisition program. China is trying to acquire enough gold so that they, when the international monetary collapse comes and the world has no recourse to deal, China will have a prime seat at the table. Countries like Canada, Australia, and the United Kingdom with small goals to GDP ratio will be seated away from the table, along the wall. These small goal powers will in essentially be speculatory in the gold monetary reset and will have to content themselves with the whatever system the United States and Europe, Russia, and China devise. In this scenario, Germany will speak for Europe so the new system will be based on a U.S., German, Russian, Chinese monetary continuum. Administrators by the IMF, these major gold powers are already preparing for such an outcome. This is what I mean when I refer to the shadow gold standard. So it looks like China is positioning itself to be the world powers. Because they got mo most of the majority of gold right now in the world. To what has been read so far. Interesting. Very interesting. In conclusion, gold is money. Despite disparagements of policies, makers, and economists, it will remain as a store of wealth per excellence and continues to play an, inter, um, an integral part in the world monetary system. In part, we can thank the French who took a a stand or the IMF in 1975 and insists on a role of for gold in official reserves even when it was no longer a monetary reference point at the time. Academics, economists don't seem to care about gold. It is mostly arrogant and never studied in a monetary context. Still, gold has never complete, completely gone away. It still matters behind the scenes. Gold is still posed in the reserve of the International Monetary System, the IMF, in better words, and will be even more important in the years to come. Understanding gold provides us with a frame, or a frame of reference for understanding the future of the international monetary systems. In, this, in the chapter ahead, we will look at how smart investors are investing in physical gold, to protect themselves from the complete economic force and instability we face in the 21st century. And that's the end of chapter 2, section 2. Let me put my highlight here. And as I turn into the comment section, see what people are saying. Yes, how you doing, Rain Woman? How you doing, DJ Most? I'm not sure if y'all guys caught early parts of this stream. Any reflections or thoughts or feelings to what you caught on so far, people? That's a question, though. I guess nobody has no comments and questions. So this is what I will do now. I am going to end today's session. I hope you tune in to the next session. We will go into chapter three of what is gold. And always, and like always, 